What's poppin' and welcome to Popcorn with Jolo Sadiana and your stop for all things pop where we talk about all things pop culture from here in the Philippines to the rest of the globe. Welcome back to the Marvel Universe as this week we talk about the much-anticipated episode, I guess, in this panel, which is <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home, the latest Spider-Man movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and in the greatest Marvel uh, in the greater um, Marvel Universe. But of course, before we begin, let's introduce our co-host for the day. Welcome back, Perns. Hello. Let's also welcome back Jace and Dren. It's been a while, guys. Hi. Hello. I love Spider-Man. <laughs> Dren <laughs> loves you. Spider-Man very much. Um, na, ganun pa rin. Dren is... Uh, not appearing right now. But that's the mystery of Dren as uh, this show goes on. But of course, we have a very special guest today. Nakikita nyo naman. They're, they're here oh with us. Oh my God, whoa! <laughs> it's, it's, it's an honor, sabi nga, <laughs> the ah. Ghostface. But we're not talking about Ghostface this week. Welcome Spider Cola <laughs> from the multiverse. Wow! Oh my God! Actually, Pietra Parker, you know, <laughs> Spider. Oh, wow, wow. she had glasses too. Yeah. Can't be um, man. Oh my god. Yeah. The multiverse. So welcome, welcome everyone. And I know everyone's been excited uh, for this episode for a while. And we've seen it in multiple uh, multiple ways that we could have seen it given all the circumstances. But we are here in our um Spider-Man No Way Home spoiler fest. So Warning, spoilers ahead, definitely for everyone who hasn't seen Spider-Man No Way Home yet. Um, you can you may stop and then just rewatch <laughs> this uh, recording or listen back. And uh, there will be spoilers ahead. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be talking about, you know, generally Spider-Man. So I guess to begin, um, this is marketed as the biggest Spider-Man movie and one of the biggest uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, films, uh, especially with the new Phase 4. Um, let's go back a bit. I don't know why. Joke, we do know why. But like, let's go back a bit into our childhoods and tap into the original Spider-Man trilogy by Sam Raimi. And uh, also, of course, the amazing Spider-Man uh, movies by Mark Webb. And yeah, I mean, generally speaking, this is the third Spider-Man um, iteration, the live action, uh, not considering the Japanese TV version. Mm-hmm. Um, so, ayun, just remembering like Spider-Man in general, um, guys, take it away. Friend, you, oh. you want to take that? Let's <laughs> oh, try. Just that's solid. Um, no, yeah, I really. Uh, have a soft spot for for Spider-Man. I think um, he's like my favorite superhero because uh, when I was like five or six years old, my mom got me a a Spider-Man pillow and I still have it and I still use it because it's like, I just love him so much. And he was like, what's what's crazy about him, I think, uh, that that I'd like to talk about is that he's kind of been around for a long time, but uh, Sam Raimi really put him on the big screen before superhero Mm -hmm. movies were ever really a thing. And they were like destroying box office records. Every single movie, Tobey Maguire was considered to be kind of the perfect Spider-Man. And we, I, I feel like um, that that ending of, of his story wasn't very satisfying for a lot of fans. So, so to have him come back now um, in the third movie, 
Yes, sorry. So, I mean, John already said that, that you know. You Did should... I? <laughs> <laughs> if you still haven't seen it, it's a miracle you've avoided all of the spoilers. So I commend you. But also, I'm so sorry that I might have just like, you know, ruined your streak of avoiding spoilers. But yeah, I, I think it's, it wasn't satisfying the way it ended. And uh, another spoiler, Andrew Garfield also comes back. And he also didn't really have a satisfying ending. So to have them come back now in this third movie, it it's like a nerd's wet dream it's something that you would think of as like a fan fiction honestly it's crazy honestly. It, something like this has never happened in in the history of like cinema you know to have two people three people who all played the same character in previous universes all come together in a blockbuster movie they kind of did it a little bit in the dc world with the cw series where they had you know barry allen come back but they didn't have that same level of yeah yeah, yeah. Um, impact because each of these Spider-Men were in their own separate universes. Whereas in the DC world, you know, um, Grant Gustin's uh, Barry Allen exists at the exact same time as, um, what's his name? Ezra Miller's Ezra Miller. Flash. We all thought that, you know, Toby Maguire was never going to put on the suit and, and Andrew Garfield was never going to put on the suit again. It's like watching, I can't even think of an example. <laughs> that's, how, that's how crazy it is. So that it's really like this momentous uh, occasion. And I was so excited to watch it that I, I got my hands on a copy as soon as I could and I just cried so yeah. I mean I, I you're right I mean to Dren's point um nothing of the scale I mean not even more than Endgame now Endgame is the culmination of yeah exactly. 10 years of cinema history but this one is 20 years from 2002 to December of 2021 so parang that history that's not just within super fanboys, but even in a general scale, na parang you've you've had at watched at least one of those Toby Maguire ones or the Andrew Garfield ones or all of them. I mean, tayo, I guess we're in that prime position that we lived through all of that somehow, mm-hmm. um, and you know this is a pleasant surprise to come into it. But I guess bouncing off of that, uh, I did, um, parang siempre the circumstances we found ourselves in with the release of Spider-Man No Way Home in the Philippines was not the most ideal. Um, coming off of um, December 2021 and January's uh, Omicron, uh, Omicron extravaganza. Mm-hmm. But uh, parang yun, parang in, in lieu of not having, getting to see it as early as possible, uh, I did get to rewatch everything from the beginning until the most recent and you know uh, it's, it's it's just a nice way to look back then at what has come and you know how far things have progressed since then and also what um parang what continues to parang be good or be great even after all these years so definitely it was a fun uh, pr- practice which you know not <laughs> you you can't find that much time i guess if it's not the holidays um but seeing spider-man spider-man 2 3 and um all the amazing spider-man movies they're all on netflix if you're looking to rewatch. Oh, yeah. uh except actually even until tom holland spider-man except yeah. far from home oh. it's on netflix so um if you do want to do a spider-man binge it's all there um, but just to, ano, I mean, I agree na parang, you know, this was one of the f- 
few properties that we were holding on to when we were younger. Uh, one of them being X-Men and the other being Spider-Man mm-hmm. as the big, parang, you know, event movies. If uh, Event movies were different that time. But uh, yun yung parang, these were the active heroes back then and it's just nice to, you know, see them back again. So that's at least from my perspective. And also having had watched... Um, Rewatch the movies. Although, um, especially for the Amazing Spider-Man movies, I thought I liked them more than I actually did as I rewatched them now. Uh, which is kind of I, I don't know. Yung Tobey Maguire ones, um, they're still classics for sure. Especially Spider-Man Two, and uh, pero yon Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man, I kind of felt a bit. Uh, in the middle on that one. So I'm gonna pass it on to you guys next in terms of... Well, I just want to jump off that because my recollection of the amazing Spider-Man films were were pretty bad. Um, (laughs) I mean, as much as I love Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and their dynamics as um, Peter and Gwen were fantastic, in in my recollection, especially the second Amazing Spider-Man film, I thought I remembered it to be pretty bad. But I had rewatched it again and I think it really makes a difference when you when you watch something with someone who is like a super fan mm-hmm. of the material. And that's definitely my little brother who was like three, four years old when the first Spider-Man film came out. And I have <laughs> videos of him as a four-year-old screaming, I'm Spider-Man! And it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things. Spider-Man is the poster boy for Marvel and every little boy's hero growing up. So watching it with him, I saw just how many pros there are or like how many good things there actually were in the amazing spider-man films the first and most important to me being the swinging action no spider-man movie even until now like even with um um the latest one no spider-man movie has done like swinging actions as well as the amazing spider-man series has like the physicality that andrew garfield and his like stunt team had done for the for that particular role was amazing and I think what makes the original and the Amazing Spider-Man series like really heartwarming and made them super popular and made the character really loved by so many is the fact that the people of New York openly showcase their love for Spider-Man as well, which is something that I think has been missing from the MCU um, for the longest time. Spider-Man 2's iconic train scene, I think, comes to mind for most people. But in Amazing Spider-Man 1 as well, when the cranes were all yeah. like fixed so that Peter could get to Lizard, I think showcases just how much Spider-Man's like good deeds, like one good deed for Spider-Man affects like so many people in the city of New York and makes them want to defend him. And that's what I love about Spider-Man is he's the people's champion. Talaga. He's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and he makes New York feel like one whole neighborhood because he protects everybody. So yeah. I love Spider-Man. Like you said, like his history is just so great. Like not just in the films, but in comics as well. Everybody, he, he's the first comic you tend to pick up anyways because his story is always so intriguing. And I'm just happy that this latest iteration of Spider-Man feels like it does in the comics where you kind of pick it up and all of DC universes kind of like flood together. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's so cool that... We get to see it and have this shared like history with everybody as well. Or you could go to anybody, like you said, Cholo, and they would know who Spider-Man is, have watched a Spider-Man film. And that kind of connection that you have with other people is so hard to come by 
um, especially now with media being so vast. Um, so Spider-Man and these popcorn films or pop culture films are really have an important place in, in how we interact with, with everybody. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I really love the original Spider-Man films. I I remember watching. I don't really remember everything about the first three of the franchise, um, because I watched it so young. But recently, because I've been going through a YouTube but a dark hole of just Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone interviews and clips and it's so heartbreaking because I, I really love them as a couple and I think na Spider-Man really introduced us to very iconic love themes and mm-hmm. I also talked about this in a, a piece that I wrote pero Spider-Man really does have like a lot of the blockbuster like cinematic moments like from Spider-Man the original franchise um, the train sequence obviously um, but also the upside down kiss, like oh yeah, who can, right? who can forget that? Like that's yeah. been parodied in so many other things, right? Um, and even, but even the amazing Spider-Man, many moments like when Andrew Garfield um plays in this warehouse after he asks Gwen out, or when he pulls uh her close um to this oh yeah, and so and ganong kind of I I. I guess iconic ideas of like romance as well. I feel like we also forget that apart from being a coming of age film, which is what I think the MCU films are, the MCU films mm-hmm. lean into. Parang the original two two parang boots of the franchise were really centered on romance, um, and that's why it's so heartbreaking that when, for example, uh, Gwen dies with the amazing Spider-Man. She died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah, okay. Are you spoiling okay. me? Spoiler for that one. But yeah, I, I, I really do think that, and to, to just build off of what Paula said, you know, I think that one of the best aspects about Spider-Man is that Spider-Man can be, in the words of like, paraphrasing um, into the Spider-Verse, uh, Spider-Man can be anyone. Um, anyone. And that aspect of relatability is something that the first... Um, the first three films and the reboot na two films, even despite like having too many villains or whatever, um, they really had like their aspect of relatability. And I feel like in this new Spider-Man franchise, ang hirap na relatability because it's tied into this larger Marvel yeah, yeah. Cinematic Universe, yes. right? Um, na you know Spider-Man doesn't have to commute, like diba? Like we never we never see see that in the first few parts of the first film, for example. Or first film he appears in, which is Civil War. Civil yes. War. Yeah. Uh, so, so yun. Um, wala lang. And I feel like in this franchise, I feel like in this franchise, uh, in this new film, which is No Way Home, more than any of the past two Tom Holland films, parang mas na accentuate yung pagiging leader, yung pagiging relatable, yung pagiging kid yeah, also exactly. and, and I think that that's so important to his particular Spider-Man kasi parang the other two do look older for their roles <laughs> diba? and, yeah, yeah. and parang ang ganda lang ang ganda lang na Spider-Man is kind of this character that we grew up with you know like Toby was the one we grew up with literally Andrew's Spider-Man was the one that we could look back at our childhood or our high school fondly. Yeah. And then itong si, yung kay Tom Holland naman is kind of 
like no way home is kind of like an act of letting go um of your adolescence and into adulthood mm-hmm. um and maybe we'll get into that later but yeah I, i love the spider-man films i love spider-man as a whole i love the three of them but andrew garfield has a special place in my heart <laughs> i'm so sorry like he's so foggy and he's so good in this he's so good in this. yeah but yeah Yeah, and uh, to Jace's point, ngaren na parang you know, uh, each each franchise or each iteration really serves a different purpose and has a different style. And definitely, the first, uh, the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man series or Sam Raimi Spider-Man series, it's very early 2000s to not mm-hmm. not have like a romantic angle like to it. Like a love it. theme. <laughs> and you know how they would. It's it's nice seeing that history na what. purpose that they serve what era they were released in na parang alam mo yon uh, you'd see how Mary Jane Watson ni um uh Mary Jane Watson ni Toby Maguire is very uh si Kirsten Dunst is like very alam mo yon damsel, uh, damsel in distress, in distress. Yeah. now comparing to MJ ni um Zendaya who's her Mary own Mary. woman who's yeah. fighting back uh-huh. uh, But even Gwen Stacy yeah. exactly Uh, Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy starts that trend na, na parang you really see that difference of how things were represented and you know how how much bigger the playground is becoming from you know just being Spider-Man being Spider-Man and then now you have the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe playground at your disposal and mm-hmm. whatever you want to put into it which also of course has its own pros and cons in in all of their uh different ways. So uh just a brief I guess rundown on that um side. Any other comments on you know the history of Spider-Man before we get into the meat of um the I mean more get more into this uh No Way Home. Siguro ako quick lang yung sinabi ni Paul. I think may sinabi siya earlier and I forgot to touch on which is ang ganda nga kasi Spider-Man is a quintessential New York film. like yep. the franchise itself oh. and i feel like yun yung minsan nagkukulang ako dun sa later iterations of it na it doesn't show enough of new york as a whole as a playground yeah. for spider-man but yun um, because na cgi and everything um but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's not necessarily bad we get some really fucking cool sequences so yeah, yeah. um I'm bad, so. <laughs> <laughs> we get some really cool sequences Babawi yung ano ni Jay's diploma. I'm so sorry. <laughs> There's okay. no way to avoid. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that point as well. Na parang you know, with the bigness of the playground, they were like, oh, let's bring Spider-Man to space. Let's bring space. Spider-Man to New uh, to Europe. But <laughs> he doesn't really bask in the New York um, playground, which I guess it's also a good approach because we have. seen um, the first two Spider-Man, live-action Spider-Man just be contained in those spaces, and which is also addressed in um, No Way Home. Diba na? Oh, you've been to space? You've uh, Who are the Avengers, even? Parang, those don't matter. Didn't matter too much yet in the beginning. Uh, and now, you know, we have all these things to consider how he fits into the universe. So it's a really nice insight from Paul on that. Uh, note. But I guess let's get into the meat of Tom Holland's Spider-Man um, with of course um, Homecoming and Far From Home uh, being the first two in the trilogy 
of the first trilogy at least of Tom Holland's Spider-Man uh, really bringing it back to high school versus the first two also and having that Marvel theme of home I guess na uh, Marvel Studios proudly puts that theme into it and the coming of age nga, as Jace mentioned mm-hmm. also uh, of course we end Far From Home with the death of Mysterio and um, of course very timely fake news of revealing Peter Parker's identity. Uh, I mean it wasn't the, fake. No, I mean really sorry. I meant Peter the Parker. circumstances yeah. of uh, manipulating that information okay, yeah. and yes, making like Peter Parker a villain which yeah. leads us into somehow the Spider-Verse live action Spider-Verse. <laughs> Um and yun, we that's where we start this movie. Uh we don't really get to see Peter again um really get into action of you know just living his New York life and uh it's already a big problem uh, you know the media's on him the news spreads so quickly and you know spider that that ano parang is Spider-Man a villain is Spider-Man a hero at least to the eyes of New York or to the eyes of people in, on the interwebs. Um, so, I mean, yun na nga. Um, as Paula mentioned earlier, you really see in this movie na um, Spider-Man is really a kid with his actions and how he approaches things. Na parang, oh, um, he went agad to Doctor Strange uh, <laughs> yeah. and really just tried to magic things up. And, you know, he, Doctor Strange was like, did you appeal or did you did you did you send them a letter first and he was like no and you know that, that that led to the sequence of events of the film but i guess general thoughts on the whole movie before we get into specific like plot points well for me just i mean we, just to continue that general discussion is that it's just it feels impossible that they they achieved the impossible with this having had so much history packed into it at the same time being its own movie and pushing the story even further and also exploring a different way of doing Spider-Man and also representing Spider-Man and the core of the character. It just feels impossible, but they somehow pulled it off. And although I guess the gener- there's a sentiment that, uh, you know, it's very fan service, but, you know, at the same time, not all movies that do fan service are able to pull it off as well mm-hmm. as a as a self-contained story. Uh, thoughts on this? Definitely. definitely. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dren. We both said definitely. I know. <laughs> it is definitely. Uh, just quickly, it's definitely a good movie. But honestly, like if you remove like a lot of the nostalgia, I'm not sure where it's it, which is impossible, right? Like there's no version of this movie that doesn't have the nostalgia, but. Like, it's hard for me to rank this movie. I almost, like, if you told me, like, rank your MCU favorite movies, I, w- I almost wouldn't want to include this because it would just be at the top without question because of <laughs> all of, like, the other stuff. But, like, if you told me, like, oh, is the story good? I'd be like, does it matter if the story is good? Like, I'm almost inclined <laughs> to say that, which is, um, you know. But it, honestly, like you said, like, it, it does a really good job of trying to make it make sense and not just mm-hmm. making it about, like, oh, surprise, Andrew Garfield and Tommy Boyer are here, you know. Like, they only reappear in, like, the last hour of the movie, which goes to show that it's really not about them. I guess they were just saving random people in New York while we... Because, <laughs> you know, like, they were just... I guess Toby was just kind of walking around because he was just, like, a normal person and Andrew Garfield was probably helping a lot of people. Um, yeah, so, I like, 
it's hard to it, it's like that thing of um what makes a, a, a movie a good movie i think it, it, it makes me question that which is really interesting because it's like shouldn't a good movie just like you know make you feel good and everything but uh you know there's also that question of like I wonder what Martin Scorsese thinks of this movie, you know, because like he's like a guy that everyone always talks about with, with when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But uh, it like it's it's one of those things that I feel like it's evolving. Like movies as a medium, as an art form, are very very young, right? It's only been around for like a hundred years or so, right? Um, compared to like plays and you know maybe stuff that you would compare uh, uh, movies with, but because it's so young it's something that evolves constantly right and mm-hmm. it's like maybe maybe right now it's only in, because it's only in its infancy people are still experimenting with it right so now like how can i i like let's say you know somebody says that you know um i'm not saying you know naming names just in general people might get the idea that you have to exclude this from the conversation of the greatest movies of all time because it has nostalgia factor, right? And that makes you biased when you're reviewing it. But I would disagree and say that I just think it's a different kind of movie that maybe you weren't able to do in the 40s or 50s, but you can't like discount it just because it's an evolved form of a medium that we've had for a long time. And I think it's really cool that Marvel has done, um, you know, like created essentially this new a way of looking at movies like extremely long-form content where it's an entire universe and it's been going on for 10 years and who knows maybe 20 30 years right it's and i don't know like how they're going to sustain it but they're somehow keeping up so far um they have to keep one-upping themselves and i'm really excited to see you know how they're gonna introduce the other characters but yeah that, that that's how i i see this movie as being culturally significant is that it changed it's another change that uh marvel has made that's like the rest of the world like okay how are you going to match this how are you going to do uh, this this new thing that we've done right so yeah uh i i may add to that is parang you know it's it you're you're right in that sense na parang it's very representative of 2022 cinema in 2022 na parang you know in 2002 you couldn't have pulled this off i mean there wasn't anything you could like pull off in on this scale I, i'm sure in other scales pero parang on this level, Marvel is kind of still changing the game, and also like, what is cinema at this? Uh, we can't answer that on this show or I mean on this episode, but like asking that question, nga, and this puts that's a great insight. So Paula, I think wanted to say something further. Oh, I mean, similarly, I wanted to say how how much Marvel makes use of this concept called shared experiences or shared memories um the way that they frame themselves is that in order to be part of the conversation um you have to watch their films otherwise you are excluded from a general kind of conversation that's happening with the like the world you know um there are films that are very niche that only a few people would be very interested in discussing or you know being a part of and for other films that do hit the pop culture um, sphere it's a one-off thing you know you watch it you discuss it for like a month like let's say Encanto um, you discuss that for like a month or so and then you're kind of done what Marvel mm-hmm. does is that they're able to pull off like this whole history of um, content and media that everybody is just constantly a part of and I think that's like I mentioned earlier it is essentially pulling what they do in comics into a film, a visual, um, you know, audio-visual type of sphere. And it, 
like Dren said, it, it's hard to rank this film because nostalgia is definitely a huge factor into how, what makes it great. But I think they know that and they very much lean in, into that. Like, because no other franchise would be able to hit nostalgia the way that this yeah. film... Yeah, yeah, unless yeah. Batman for some reason like is able to do it but it's the not Bat-verse. within the character <laughs> of, of Batman but still very much within the character of all these Spider-Men of the MCU now um, and all of these characters so you know it's not it's it's not surprising I mean we all are like shocked that they were able to pull it off definitely but it's it's not surprising because it is very much something that we can all like still understand because of our shared memory and shared experience yeah. with the franchise. And I think, I think that's what makes this movie great because no other film would be able to, to pull this off. No other franchise in, in the world, I think, could, could do it as well as this and still have it make sense because they're pulling not just from... The films they're pulling from comics, the story, the general storyline. They're pulling from the games with like some of the characters and how they act, and that's, I think that's that's amazing that Marvel is able and and frightening. Um, I just want to put that <laughs> also frightening, um, that they're able to do all of this and still have us all understand. I think that's that's essentially the nostalgia of it all. Um, is what makes this movie amazing. Not to be, you know, a pun, but it, it is genuinely amazing what, what they've been able to do. Yeah, and um, I guess coming off of that, um, of course, uh, you know, this this puts Spider-Man um, in the MCU in a, in a unique position because what has been done before and what can you redo, what can you pull? And I think this movie ties that together very well. Now, of course, uh, ang sikat before Uncle Ben, you'd have the iconic Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. You have Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. How can you top that with new iterations again, diba? Which um, the Amazing Spider-Man kind of tried to tap into Green Goblin in that sense as well. Pero learning from that experience and coming into No Way Home, paano mo gagawin yun? And there really wasn't no other way uh, but to bring them home and bring them from the multiverse into this uh, universe, at least for the time being. And I guess that brings us to the discussion of on the return of um, the Spider-Man live-action rogues gallery uh, which is composed of Green Goblin, Doc Ock, we have Electro, we have Sandman, we have Lizard. Lizard. So sinister, the sinister five of this movie. And I think <laughs> um, I just saw some concept art that Mysterio was somehow supposed to be here. I don't know what circumstances went into him not being here now, but you know, it would have it would have been it would have just been cool. I think to have a sinister six in a sense, but you know. It was still great as it was. Um, uh, I, I guess you guys want to say something about villains in general. <laughs> I think the sixth ata is Venom. Sa huli, right? Like, but know, the thing is, because Marvel like, doesn't want to call this group of villains the Sinister, the Sinister Six, Six. Because they have Vulture, who is creating the Sinister Six within yeah. uh-huh. federal that, prison. Yeah. yeah. So that's why they only had five. five. So, medyo may ganong ganap. Um, yeah. A technicality. 
But essentially, it, parang that kind of represented an a version of oh, yeah. that, right? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, thoughts on the returning villains. Uh, let's get into that. Of course, uh, let's begin with the Electro, I guess, which is the was the first. <laughs> uh, I guess the first villain to be announced out of everyone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Jamie Fox announced. I th- I'm not sure if he was actually allowed to or no. He was not. He was, that. <laughs> he was not. He was just really excited to like redeem himself somehow <laughs> oh, um, with the flack that Electro got from the Amazing Spider-Man too. Uh, I mean, Electro flack. He got that flack because of his wig. That horrible wig. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Anyway, sorry. Oh goodness. Yeah, so parang yun, uh, coming off of that and getting into this, Electro, thoughts? Uh, I guess it's just kind of weird how he transformed, which I think we were talking about earlier. But I think they were able to pull it off somehow. Na there, there's a different type of energy in this universe. Yeah. I mean, they, they, like pretty much they just yada yada it na parang, oh, it's a different universe, so I get a different body because for some reason, electricity in this universe is different from electricity yeah. in my universe. Because it's yellow, it's not blue. Ah, that makes me a black man instead of a blue man. But sure, I don't know. Like it, it's kind of one of those things that I really think they just didn't want him to be blue, and they were just yeah. like writer, writers Fair. make something, you know, like write, pick, figure something out, and they were just like the electricity is different. I guess like, I can feel it. The but power. I love that. What, what I what I do love is that you know. I think they they made that instant connection of like oh what if he gets his hands on an arc reactor which I thought was a really interesting oh yeah idea. same that, same that's good and the um they they gave him the star on his face which is like the way he looked like in the comics in the comics yeah uh-huh. yeah I don't know like I think um it was it was cool to see him get redeemed and see like how he could not be a dubstep villain and just be like a normal <laughs> guy um, I just I really like uh. I think sorry. Like as a villain, yeah, sorry. I think as a villain, like he gets a bad rap because like in Spider-Man, like everyone, like a lot of people think that the Amazing Spider-Man 2 is quote unquote the worst like Spider-Man movie. Uh, but honestly, as a villain, it's actually really interesting. And I, I think that like I think did I just say I think twice? <laughs> I I believe, well, um, that as a as a <laughs> character, he's actually quite interesting. And he's one of the more interesting yeah. villains in the I will agree. He yeah. is a person that is extremely lonely and feels like Spider-Man is his best friend, almost like a stopper, right? But it, it it's not a creepy, yeah. like romantic kind of stopper way where it's like a, a man feeling like a woman loves him. It's like, no, because Spider-Man always, uh, especially um, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man always says that like, you know, you guys are my best friend, you're my eyes and ears out here, right? And he, he created this illusion that he was Spider-Man's best friend, similar to, I guess, The Incredibles <laughs> with Buddy. Yeah, I always think he's he's like a really interesting character. So it's great that he came back. Yeah, yeah I mean, I like that Electro's whole thing is just being seen, you know, and that's, that's definitely something that we can all relate to, like that yeah. want to be seen, and that leads us to doing things that we may or may not regret in life. And he definitely regretted the way that he's been working out. The thing with all Spider-Man villains, because. One is the connection that they all have with Spider-Man. I think that's always a very unique thing about Spider-Man villains. But two, and something that MCU has sorely missed in a lot of their films, is the humanity behind yeah. all of these villains. Yeah. That Spider-Man villains always nail. Um, I mean, not 
the MCU so far, but you know, um, in, in the other Spider-Man iterations, you always see always the human, you always always see the humanity in in these people, and that makes you, you know, you don't hate them. You ne- you never hate any of the Spider-Man villains. Maybe Eddie Brock because he was a jerk, but <laughs> you know, um, for villains like Electro, Doc Ock. Green Goblin and Sandman, you know where they're coming from, and you kind of root for them as well, and you root for Spider-Man to help them, you know, and that's what Spidey inevitably wants to do with any of these villains at the end mm-hmm. of the day, which is what we'll probably delve into later. That's his whole thing. So, I like that they redeemed, quote unquote, uh, Electro without losing that sense yeah. of how and why he became Electro in the first place. Yeah, and uh, I guess let's move on. I mean, uh, the other villains also featured here is Lizard and Sandman, who don't really have as big a role, I guess, in terms of this film. But it it was nice having them back as well. Um, also, you know how things ended with these villains nga are all so different. Na parang si Sandman and si Lizard. Parang at the end of their respective movies, natulungan sila ni Spider-Man, di ba? Na parang mm-hmm. kind of like get back to normal in some sense. But of course, you have the others like Doc Ock who died to sacrifice himself to save the world after like realizing, you know, what he's done. And of course, Green Goblin who inevitably, uh, who killed himself essentially <laughs> in the first movie as well. So parang the different dynamics. Of course, it's uh, who wants to talk about Doc Ock uh, from the Molina herself. From the Molina herself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yung, God, I wish we were related. I really, I really hope so that we are somehow, somehow related. I mean, I think it's undeniable and I, I, I would assume that everybody here agrees that Doc Ock and Alfred the Molina's Doc Ock is probably everybody's favorite Spider-Man villain you know, really pushed um, the story of what Spider-Man can do and what a superhero film looks like. Um, and seeing him happily, I might add, like happily return to this particular role that made a lot of us as children know who he is was was fantastic to see. And, and, and again, I, I keep repeating that, but like Octavius's humanity is really what saves him, what saves Spider-Man, what saves New York at the end, at the end of the day. Um, and they retain that. Like even when he was turning like a little crazy in the beginning, once when he once he saw that the Peter Parker he was fighting wasn't the Peter Parker that he knew and it's a different kid, he automatically held back because he has nothing against this particular yeah. kid. Why would he hurt him? Whereas a typical villain would just be like rampaging through the city for and like hurting people for no other reason. Um and there are absolutely great moments um, in this film where I'm getting ahead of myself, but when he speaks to Toby's Peter at the end and he still refers to him as my, my boy, you know, um, it, it shows you just how much of an actual person and a caring human at that um, Octavius is. And I think it's, it's a role... While I think all Octavia, uh, Doc Ock iterations in Spider-Man media have been great, whether in the Into the Spider-Verse film or or the games, there's something so like heartwarming about Alfred Molina's Doc Ock 
that you always want to again like i said earlier root for him and make sure that he's okay too so ha- thank you tito like great performance <laughs> thank you tito yeah i mean yun na nga eh. ang ganda na nag-translate yung soft spot niya for peter whoever whichever peter it may have been na i mean at the core of doc ock it was like uh, an experiment gone awry, awry lang dun sa ano parang what they call that microchip in his neck and uh, it's nice na that translated back to this one and ang cool nung um, nano nanotech uh, takeover Ooh, cool. uh, really a, a cool touch and really you know um, still very uh, it's nice how they still have all these Iron Man callbacks at the end of the day uh parang showing how iron man really affected the whole universe mm-hmm. whether yeah, in the yeah. bigger bigger scale or smaller scale um and you know uh, yun nga, as Paula was saying you know alfred molina's doc ock it's really irreplaceable na you couldn't really cast anyone else as a live action doc ock at this point na it's it's nice to do that and uh, anyone else on doc ock before we continue to the last villain and Damian's screen time like compared to the other villains which I, I'm not going to complain about but like <laughs> sobrang natuwa talaga ako cuz like I guess the the filmmakers knew and how much people loved him but wala like in a way it also shows again to a new generation why he's such a lovable villain if he if he even still is a villain pero wala eh. grabe people went just went wild when it was announced that he was coming back. Like every other villain wouldn't have come back, and I would have been so happy. But then, because yeah. well, Alfred Molina is ibatalaga. Although after this movie, I would, well, yeah, Willem Dafoe just kicked it, Nick kicked it out of the park. Exactly. Again. Oh but my god! I will still agree that Alfred Molina, in uh, in his own movie from back then, he was a great. He was. He's a uh, talaga. He set the standard talaga for for every villain. Like no matter what the ano talaga, even outside comic books. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, Willem Dafoe as uh, Green Goblin, I mean, wow, this oh performance from oh. this Green. I mean, he was already great oh. to begin with in the first uh, one, two, three movies ish i mean two and yeah, three he, he keeps coming back as a ghost yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's a ghost but you know sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was just really like wow that commitment to the character and that dedication and parang it was even like 1000 times green goblin yeah. than it ever was and yeah. that was just like wow i i i, I want to hear from jace on this one especially as an actor himself Uh, what 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 makes this um appearance of green goblin great in terms of the acting um sphere i think it's because he's wholly convinced that he's doing the right thing mm-hmm. right like it's not it's not that i'm going to be evil to do the evil thing it's that this is how it's i'm going to survive and it's the only way And any person na ganun mag-isip in general is just terrifying. Yeah. But specifically in the context of this film, 
I think that's why. Because you can kind of reason with talk talk. You can kind of reason with everyone else. But yeah. if like a character is beyond reason, parang that's so compelling because you don't know what they're gonna do. Um, and I think for the most part, though, you do kind of know what's going to happen just because of like Marvel imperatives or whatever. Except until the last very end, parang that they even went for that. Um, I think. What's great about William Defoe is that he's always on, kind of the, just on the edge of, like being over the top. Yeah. Um, kaya kaya performance. because if you haven't, actually, what what I like about this film is because, if you're a fan of the franchise, it's going to punish you for that. Um, diba? like. You're going to cry when uh, Andrew Garfield saves that girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're going to you're going to be inherently distrustful of of um, Green Goblin, diba? Um, mm-hmm. Even if supposedly the reform machine everything, and I think in weaponizing that against the fandom, parang it serves both as fan service, because you know. You, you want to play with like their history but at the same time you know it also kind of always puts you on the edge and i wala, i just i i really think that william defoe like he's on the best parang new york times best actors list yes like for a reason because yes. he keeps turning out these performances whether or not they're when parang he elevates his performance parang regardless of regardless of the quote unquote film Yes. Um, or the role say, that he has. Oh, which is not to say that I think, parang blockbuster films, parang have bad acting. That's not true. Like we have plenty of, in my opinion, actually, magaling ko dito si Zentea, magaling ko dito si Andrew Garfield. I love Andrew oh, Garfield here. Yes. Um, magaling ko si Alfred Molina, and actually, yes. good ko si Tom Holland. I I like I especially mm-hmm. like him in the end. Yeah. Like in that last, uh, yeah, in in one of his few last. Scenes like yeah. sobrang like okay, good job, good job. An actor, actor. Yes. <laughs> I, I I just think that uh, no, I just think that it's because he's really parang you know na may conceal siya, but parang he doesn't even know it, and that's yeah. kind of terrifying. Just and want like, to put it out there when he said, "I'm kind of a scientist myself." I I literally screamed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh oh. All the rainy memes just like came, and it was amazing. <laughs> tears. Just actual literal tears. I had to pause like every five minutes. May ano lang ako dun sa sinabi ni Trent earlier. I feel like people have a tendency because I don't know. I just realized this now. Na parang people have a tendency to look down on fan service, diba? Um, and I think that, yeah, there, there, there's a point to that. There are mm-hmm. a lot of films naman that are, there are a lot of media in general that they are only kind of quote-unquote good because they're in reference to something and mm-hmm. originality is such a huge thing right now or whatever, right? But what but at is the same time, <laughs> yun, Yeah, but at the same time, kasi, like, Diba? Parang some of the best films we know like directly reference other films, diba? Yeah. And that and that's like a cinematic legacy everywhere, you know? Like yeah. 
diba? Parang sina Ari Aster in, in making like Hereditary and Midsommar, like, and pati sina Robert Eggers, they talk about how a lot of their shots really reference um, yep. Ingmar Bergman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I'm not saying naman na like, these are necessarily the same film. That's, obviously, those are completely different. Pero, I do think that parang, there's a circularity in your argument because the nature of film itself kasi is that we're repeating images from the past there. And I think that Spider-Man is just kind of more upfront about that. Yeah. Um, it's not passing it mm-hmm. off as... I don't think it's passing it off as a form of originality, question mark. Um, I think it's kind of just clearly paying homage to parang all of the people who spent like 20 years of their existence rooting for this one character who's been rebirthed again and again. That's it. I don't know if that made sense. But yeah, I mean, yun na nga eh. That's, that, should be, uh, that should be a whole episode onto itself. Na what is original? What should be original? Like, you know, all people always saying, we've seen this before, but also at the same time, you know, we've seen everything before. We've heard everything before. Everything is a cycle. It's just a matter of how you present it. And this this movie specifically ties all the bows together into a really pretty and nice and heartwarming like gift to the world. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yon, maganda nga yung parang yung mga sinabi mo kanina na films inspiring other films. So you really can't avoid it. Like you know that whole discussion about Oliver Rodrigo copying other songs or whatever. Parang it's the same concept but in music and in movies right mm-hmm. na parang you know um you know nga parang and psycho also, like, ah, sorry go ahead sorry go ahead uh no i was going to say it's hard to ask for like purely originality from a comic book movie because in and of itself yeah. it's, it's already an adaptation yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> diba so i i again like it just leans into it and i think i respect the way that it did that like the way that it's so upfront about it anyways go ahead Cholo. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna say quickly, but you know, to Jace's um, analogies, like how Psycho inspired Halloween, how Halloween inspired yeah. Scream, and how Scream inspired uh, the plethora of whatever uh, horror movies of this day, diba? So, parang, it's just really like everything inspiring everything else and really just making content out of that. And, and, and I guess in pros and cons of it also. But uh, anyway, back to Spider-Man before we uh, delve further away from it. Uh, strangely enough, uh, I guess Doctor Strange in the picture, medyo, I was I was expect, kind of expecting more in the Doctor Strange front, but it was kind of just the okay amount, I guess, with everything that you had to tackle on this one. Uh, thoughts on Doctor Strange? Can I just say, yeah, it would have been fixed if he had if Peter had just requested na Mysterio didn't exist. True. Like, <laughs> if Mysterio yeah. didn't exist, like everyone they wouldn't Mysterio. have the problem. So it's like, those, that's the one thing. That, that's probably one of the things that like, I'm like, why make it? I don't know. I don't know. Because we had to bring everyone back. Okay. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm acting like cinema sins. So like, yeah. and I don't like cinema sins. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna at all. Pero, may, yeah, ayun. That's it. That's it for me. I, I love I wish, cinema sins. <laughs> I laugh at it so much. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's why. I, yeah, anyway. Go 
sorry I interrupted we're, we're, uh, could, would you finish your thought or I know that that's that's all of the thoughts that I have <laughs> Doctor yeah. Strange we're on the no, Doctor Strange mm-hmm. as we yeah. kind of uh, talk about some other points in this yeah film. just to uh, relate quickly to what Jay said like I, I really do love CinemaSense because I, I understand that they're doing it because, to be annoying <laughs> you know it's like but yeah if you did that with every movie then like yeah you know a lot of movies would just end in two minutes which isn't fun um, but yeah I think it, they, they found a really cool way to that point because Doctor Strange is so powerful right and he can fix a lot of it um, like one of the things I'm always thinking is why do you still wear that necklace like why do you wear a replica necklace of the thing that Thanos broke if it doesn't have the time stone inside it like why do you still wear it around your neck I guess it's just like a cool pendant now but uh Holder lang siya. <laughs> yeah, but so they, they found this. Um, I, I, I found this video essay about the, the cadaver, um, the, the, which is the box that the stranger uses to fix things. And they kind of, what they compare it to is that it's basically an older version of the time stone. It can fix stuff, it can reverse stuff, but it takes more steps for Strange to do it. It's like that is the, the Apple II computer, the box is the Apple II computer, and then the, the time stone is like the iPhone. It's like the upgraded version of that, which I thought was a really cool way of looking at it, right? And that's essentially what Strange wants to do is he just wants to fix it and reverse the spell and send everyone home. Uh, but I think they found a really cool way to integrate him and at the same time kind of um, not ma- make his overpoweredness in the movie that obvious, yeah, right? Like they, they create this, you know, there's no more time stone, so he can't just reverse time. So he has to use this box, which takes him a few more seconds to, to reverse time with and then they make him fight peter who of course he doesn't want to kill so he's you know using very weak spells against him pushes his body out of his um his soul out of his body somehow his body can still move i have no idea how that works spider sense spidey sense yeah 100 percent spidey sense so yeah they find a really cool way to, to to have a battle between strange and peter essentially without either of them really trying to kill the other guy. And then Peter uses math to beat him, which I think is great. <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree with, with, with you, Cholana. I think Sakta lang yung involved with this strange. Because if he was involved more, he would just be too strong, I think. Yeah. yeah. It would be a Doctor Strange movie no, by then and not a Spider-Man film. So yeah, I mean, uh, in, uh, coming from that Scooby-Doo uh, stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which was a really, really good joke. Uh, Scooby doing this stuff. Uh, uh, let's talk about, of course, I guess we already touched upon it, like the return of Toby and Andrew in this movie. Um, I guess before that, the circumstances of being in a Pinoy household while doing so, which was um, which was so nice, the details that they had on that uh, scene, na parang may Santo Nino, may... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, may bibing, bibing ka ba yun or pandesal? Sa Lola ni Ned. Uh, I'm not too sure what kind of bread it was, but from the second go around, mas siyang bibingka than pandesal to me. Um, but it was just really like a nice moment. Na parang wow, this this can now happen. Na parang you know we can see the, this type of representation in the biggest movie in the world of 2021, ba? Parang it was just really cute. Although I have my qualms about the Tagalog of the Lola. Oh my the- god. Oh, <laughs> and also the way that Filipino Americans pronounce Lola always Lola on Lola. But <laughs> that's also like okay, like Filipino American Yeah, it's film like, representation. <laughs> Lula go, as well. Yeah. Uh, wait, lang, can I just say, may 
fork and spoon ba na malaki I sa think wall? there was. I think there I was. Think there was yeah. I think there okay. was. I'm pretty sure there Typical was. Typical Filipino household. Because <laughs> like, that's, that would be good detail. Anyway. But also, yun nga, yung asking um, Peter to get the agio. <laughs> my goodness, I cannot even imagine like the amount of times my grandmother has asked like the tallest person in our house to do the same uh-huh. thing. If you can reach the agio sa gilid ng ano, kisame, uh, kisame, you have oh, to kisame. do it for Lola. <laughs> What I wanted um, to ano nga, look further into was um, dun sa table, di ba na nag-flip siya? Parang gusto ko makita kung may patis ba sila dun or mga, <laughs> ano yung mga, ano, ano yung mga condiments na nandun? Tapos may lace tawa. runner pa siya, tapos may glass <laughs> sa taas, dude. <laughs> that was just really like, great, great. Like, only I think mga Pinoy would be able to appreciate it yeah, as much. Definitely. But that gives us like, another level of that, um, fan service in that sense and they knew somehow na you know Filipinos would go wild with this uh and you know the fact na wala ngang ano walang subtitles dun sa sinasabi ng lola it's also pretty special na only Filipinos would be able to understand whatever yeah. dialogue that was <laughs> yun parang it's just really a fun a fun uh, fun sequence and bringing back the two Peter Parkers, uh, Peter 2 and 3, respectively, um, was just, okay. So let's head on to that territory. Uh, if you don't have any more words to say about uh, Ned's Lola. Lola. <laughs> well, I think it was, oh, go ahead, Prince. Go ahead. Yeah, like, the moment, ano lang, the, mo- the, the moment when Toby showed up and then Ned's Lola looked at him and I was like, yes, that's it. That is every Filipino right now seeing Toby. <laughs> that's exactly how every Filipino would react. I am sure of it. Or generally speaking, how every they, Filipino uh, person or general elder would look at a yeah, handsome white male. Exactly. <laughs> at least she got that right. My gosh. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, like first and foremost, like seeing Ned do magic, I think was was Alamang more of pero. a surprise for me than <laughs> uh, like seeing the Peters because we knew, I mean, come on, they were we, we come. knew it was gonna happen. But seeing how it came to be, I think was pretty cool. I'm really integrating Ned uh, in the way that this film did, and that anticipation you know, of seeing the suit, but not knowing which of the Spider Men would it it would be. I think that like just this whole movie just kept everybody at the edge of their seats, you know, yeah. whether like it, it, we would confirm or, you know, um, negate what we've expected of it. Um, and I think it was really cool how they just didn't beat around the bush now. Once they had Andrew in, they brought Toby in as well. And it was just this explanation of how they got here quick and easy and that you didn't really need to dwell on it for too long because it was getting into like the action part of the film. But Again, yeah, seeing how these two Spider-Men very much like at an older age, you know, than when we first saw them in interacting with teenagers who were new to this type of like, you know, um, yeah. villainy experiences and seeing how, how wonderful they were with them, I think was, was well worth the wait. And again, not too different from how their characters would really respond to that type of situation. So, yun. Ang pogi ni Andrew Garfield. Yun Grabe. Yun. Parang when he took off the mask. Uh, was so hot. He was beautiful. Like, 
And ang funny nung scene. Ang funny nung scene na he is trying to convince Katapunan like Zendaya. Katapunan siya ng pinapay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So funny. I do have the thing though. I just don't have it for bread. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, I saw that accidentally. Naspoil ako on YouTube. Oh, yeah, no. YouTube was a ano, kind of like Twitter you could avoid pa eh, but YouTube algorithms can could kill. Yeah. yeah. My god. But I'm happy because when I saw him I was like this beautiful. Yeah. But specifically for uh Andrew Spider-Man, parang ang ganda na bringing Andrew back after having so many like critically acclaimed performances in other movies. You know, versus the first time we met Andrew Garfield as like this British actor who only really appeared in mostly British stuff, like Doctor Who, for example. Na that's a very, very like specific reference. As soon now, now we have seen him in so many other things, and bringing that back experience back into Spider-Man was just really nice. Na parang you know the range you would see even further with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, aside looks aside, the parang and the fact that he gets to continue that journey nga as this Peter Parker because mas abrupt pa yung pagkatapos niya versus ano eh versus Tobey Maguire yeah. um yeah. Andrew Garfield ended with like um parang end credit sequence of uh whatever sinister six thing that was happening in that uh universe diba so parang it's just nice to have that um have that into this movie brought into this movie and especially that part where um MJ or Michelle Jones Watson as revealed in this movie falls and he gets to save her that was just like ugh. <laughs> yeah. um, it was catharsis definitely after after the events of the amazing Spider-Man yeah. 2 i like how for all of these characters and this is what I think MC, the MCU has been missing for quite some time also, is that the consequences of their actions. Like, they, mm-hmm. they don't really get to experience it. Mm-hmm. But Spider-Man is all about consequences. You know, as a character yep. in the yes, comics, exactly. he is all I'm about a... consequences. That, I think, um, Toby's Spider-Man in particular really showcased, and Andrew's Spider-Man also touched upon just a little bit. Um, but seeing Andrew Garfield now and... What I really wanted to see moving forward is that they do make an, an amazing Spider-Man 3. Is that is him as a scarred like shell of a man after the events of Amazing Spider-Man 2? Because it it clearly like changed how he acted as Spider-Man. I think that's very interesting to see. Um, and I guess same thing with with Toby. You know, he he went through such hardships in his life, and uh, despite the iffy ending of Spider-Man 3. Um, we know that when he said, I'm trying to be better, you know that his life still isn't, you know, that fairy tale thing that we yeah, yeah. still hope for all of the characters that we root for. But he is trying and he is still, I guess, like facing a lot of the consequences for the stuff that he's he's done in his life. And I think that's just very interesting to see how they want to make sure that this Peter Parker you know, doesn't have as much of those consequences in his life because they know the pain and hurt that they experienced as someone with that same responsibility. So, yeah. Parang they act as his shadow, ano? Like, in si Tom, si Tom yeah. Holland, like, parang shadow as in, like, Carl Jung. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, wala lang. I, I just, I keep, yeah, you, I agree with what you said, Paula. I feel like, for the most part, kasi Peter in this particular universe 
yung kay Tom Holland has been largely insulated from the consequences of his actions. I feel, yeah, parang every, there are other people. I mean, di ba nga, even when Doc Ock was going to kill him, parang Tony Stark still saves him from the dead, di ba, with the nanotech. Um, and I feel like by the end, you kind of have a good idea na Peter acknowledges that he is a hero. I think for the longest time, he's been resisting it. Eh. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what the film really is about. It's really about coming into his own as a hero and kind of, yeah, yun nga, losing his naivety and identity in the yep. process. Um, and also, like, really, like, literally losing the ones he loves. Um, and kasi, di ba, parang ano yan, with great power comes great responsibility. But most of the time, that responsibility isn't just on you. Eh. It's also mm-hmm. on the people you love. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the price of being a hero is really put on the people you love. And yep. well, I, I, I really like how this film particularly kind of calcifies that for everyone. Yes. Yung gusto ko, by the way, is that nag-reference yung mga Peter Parker, si Peter 2 and 3, sa like current lives nila about like yes. MJ and trying to work it out with See, um, see, Toby Maguire, and then see Andrew Garfield is like, you know, like trying to figure things out, and it kind of is nice because they're still trying to figure out who they are outside of their heroism or their yes. being a hero. And parang ang ganda na you kind of see what Peter will be like in the future, but at the same time, they're trying desperately to help him, like you said, parang beat that or parang not suffer the same consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to add to that, nga, parang slowly coming into phase four of MCU, I think that's what the theme of phase four kind of is. Na yeah, consequences. Really consequences. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Link, yeah. As, to, as we knew, parang phase one to phase three was really more of building towards the Infinity Saga and Endgame. It's, phase four is really dealing with, you know, the impacts on the world, whether it be in, you know, WandaVision or in Loki, everything that they have come out with so far has dealt with whatever came before. And it's nice that they're dealing in that uh, space now versus before. Na parang, Sige, let's just keep on going until we defeat Thanos once and for all, right? Now it's like, you know, more getting more human and getting to what exactly, how exactly it affected all these people around them uh, aside from the Sokovia Accords I guess yeah <laughs> so um, yeah anything else on the two Peters and uh... I love them <laughs> I love them their love... interactions were yeah there were so many things that like uh, just to quickly like you know mention a few things like I know that um, uh, they specifically tried to recreate the Spider-Man meme Again, fan service. I know that uh, Tommy Maguire only agreed to, to join, to play Peter Parker, uh, his, his version of Spider-Man again, if they didn't reveal a lot about what happened to him after Spider-Man yeah, 3. I heard that. Yeah. I know that Andrew Garfield said that as long as Toby's like, in, I'm I mean, bored, yeah. Yeah, as, long as, he, as long as he says yes, I'm saying yes. So there's so much respect between them. Yeah. And there's so much respect to the previous works of Sam Raimi and Mark Webb, right? Despite uh, like criticism, whatever, like anything, it, it, it's them. It's like you literally took that character and dropped them into this universe. It doesn't yeah. feel like they got 
Marvel-fied <laughs> by anything, right? It's it's literally them. It's so fantastic. Even in the script, they're referred to as friendly neighborhood Spider-Man for Tommy McGuire or Raimi-verse Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man or Web's, Web-verse Spider-Man for, for Andrew Garfield. So that's how much respect they put into the work, which is so refreshing because I feel like in a lot of ways, it's a lot of like, I want to beat your like box office record. I feel like it's always portrayed to be like, like the talo yung different movies, which is so ridiculous. So it's nice to see this super wholesome. And Spider-Man's the perfect hero to do it as well. Yeah. So it, it's such a um like perfect storm of things. It's it's really a miracle that they pulled it off. I think like they were like halfway through principal photography when they finally got the the two actors to say yes, yeah. which is again like so many things. So like uh and, and there's so much respect between the actors themselves, the, the Spider-Man as characters. It's it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. I'm gonna rewatch it until I until I die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the different Spider-Mans, you know, their personalities, they're despite all being Peter Parker, they're not exactly the same as well. Andrew's Peter really like mm. looks down on himself a lot. Yeah. Exactly. I think it was so cool to see how Toby's uh, Peter, who's already like very much matured in life, knows how to respond to that type of self-criticisms and yeah, I think it was just You're great. amazing. That you are great. amazing. Yeah. I, I oh wanted to cry, honestly. <laughs> oh, so and speaking stuff. of that, um, of course, uh, we can't not uh, discuss also um, the impact of people around Peter who brought him up mm-hmm. uh, in his life. And that brings us to Aunt May, <laughs> um, which who becomes, who takes the mantle of Uncle Ben in this MCU version of Spider-Man in a sense, right? Because um, to avoid nga the repetitive nature of, you know, having had seen the impact of Uncle Ben in Peter's life in the Holland uh, iteration, they just kind of um, didn't really get into that territory and really built up this version of Aunt May as a cool Aunt May, but also, you know, parang cool mom, cool tita vibe. And uh, we we really didn't expect what happened in this movie. I feel, um, but at, at least personally, like I knew they were somehow gonna go there, but didn't really realize that until that moment. Uh, thoughts on this whole? Uh, of course, parang something had to happen to really, um, to really kick things off at least emotionally, even further for um, Peter Parker. Um, thoughts on this? Aunt May, Uncle Ben of this universe um, discourse. Jace? Part of me wants to say that she deserved a lot better. Like, <laughs> actually, she deserved that. She deserved that. <laughs> no, no, no. no, she deserved better. She deserved better. But at the same time, it's like, if you're on screen for 10 minutes in a film and you get paid a lot of money, low effort, I'm in. Like, she... She just lost the gig of her life. I don't know. Um, I think textually, I think it was necessary for Peter to lose someone. Um, I guess it does make sense that it's Aunt May. But not a father figure in Tony Stark and a mother figure in Aunt May. So, and I don't yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Aunt May deserved better. I wish she had more like dialogue before, like in previous iterations, but at the same time it's like, no, that's not gonna work. But um yeah, I don't know. 
parang I think I saw an interview, I read an interview with Marissa Tomei na parang there were different plans discussed about how Aunt May was gonna go from here. But I guess they ended up here. And, you know, I mean, with the multiverse open, you never know again, diba? And uh, I think, I'm not sure if they're bringing her back for that um, animated series as Aunt May. So, uh, um, other thoughts on Aunt May and this one? Sadness. Lots of sadness. <laughs> it, that, honestly, that was one of the things that I really didn't expect because a lot of things were, were spoiled for us, right? Like all of the villains and uh, Doctor Strange and like even like even like arguably the two Spider-Men coming back, a lot of people like really suspected it. So like when, when that was happening, she even like talks to him after the explosion and I was like, oh, she's fine. She's, oh, she's, she's not fine. <laughs> so it was really, it was really, really sad. Yeah. That, you know. um, but like, like Jay said, I think, you know, it kind of had to happen in a sense because that's just, it's like a common theme throughout all of the Spider-Men, but yeah. Uncle Ben had already passed away. So it was like, okay, like, couldn't go to else can, like who, what, where else will he learn this lesson from, right? And he gets it from Aunt May. And she says the line that Stanley, you know, wrote in the comics, right? Like the exact quote he, he wrote in the comics, which is so beautiful. And there's like a tiny Stanley, like you know, tribute at the end as well. So I think you know, it's it it really is like the mentors around Peter make him, and maybe Aunt May was like the the thing that really like turned him into Spider Man anymore, and not more Peter Parker. So because like she's also you know in a way, like, one of the things that ties him to being Peter Parker, right? So, now that she's gone, he doesn't live with anyone. He can just be Spider-Man. So, yeah. And the morality of Spider-Man, where he gets that upbringing, uh, yung scene at the feast, diba? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was just really, you know, even if Green Goblin was already, like, bringing it against her now, it's her fault, something like that. Na parang, it's because of her that your morality is, like, there but at the same yeah. time it's you know because of her that we have this spider-man who cares to fix these things for people at the same time diba? So parang, it's just like a nice thing although it's, it's really sad to see her go because as jay said yeah we could have seen more pa from that i mean she died protecting peter you know mm-hmm. and i think uh, as any like parental figure or like guardian in, in life, that's essentially what you want to do for for the children in in your care. Um, Especially love... after the first scene, no, na parang don't you know that you're the legal guardian in the part that they were interrogating her? Yeah. So there's that. We we always see Aunt May as you know, as like the fun aunt or the cool aunt, but I think there are definitely scenes and moments and a lot of the in all three of the Spider-Man films. It's, she very much cares for Peter in the way that a, a parent would. Um, the moment that Goblin's um, glider came, I, I immediately knew that it was it was going to happen this way. Uh, it, it harkens back to Goblin's own death, and I think it was just like a, a really interesting way to, to put Peter in that position of intense loss and feeling of responsibility because Peter also felt responsible very much for Goblin's death um, in um, Toby's films. But one thing about Spider-Man is loss. Like that's a constant theme in, in every iteration of Spider-Man. And I think what's interesting is that in most iterations, we are comforted in the fact that Aunt May will always be there for Peter. You know, in, in Toby's verse, in Andrew's verse, Aunt May is still there for Peter in his lowest times. And there's comfort in that. But now that you remove that, his safety net, his most like intense um form of um 
remembrance to his parents, to Uncle Ben, and to his humanity, because Aunt May is, has been there forever, what happens to this Peter Parker now? Which is very interesting and only, um, what do you call this? Only the, the PS4 games there to like remove that from him. But at the same time, that's an, an adult Peter. So seeing this is, is necessary, I think, for the growth of Tom Holland's character, like Jace and Dren says. But nga, it, again, it, it pushes that narrative that being Spider-Man, that responsibility will always be at the cost of losing something that matters to you. Okay, I really love Spider-Man, guys. Like, it's such, it's such a... <laughs> And ultimately, he does lose parang the whole world because nobody um, knows who he is anymore as Peter Parker, uh, only as Spider-Man. Uh, his problem, essentially, the conflict of the movie is solved somehow, but at the expense nga of, you know, everyone else getting to live their life normally, which I think really puts him in a great position or puts this uh, universe in a great position. Na parang, what is this new status quo for Spider-Man? Uh, uh, and also, you know, what kind of Spider-Man are we going to see in the next series of Spider-Man movies starring Tom Holland, which I think is great because we've already kind of done the high school part, the Avengers part, but the Spider-Man being pure Spider-Man, I think, is something that would be very interesting to see um, here. And of course, that brings about the multiverse in um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. Um, of course, the consequences of this movie Uh, being um, discussed or being uh, parang having a bigger bigger picture parang consequence to the whole universe or the whole multiverse because of course Doctor Strange continues on in Mom or <laughs> the Multiverse of Madness which is the next um, cinematic feature from the MCU. So thoughts on this, um, how this ends and where we're going Uh, as we head on to the multiverse territory, which has also been um, opened up on the front of Loki, the series, uh, as well. Part of me wishes na wala yung credits ng multiverse here. Ay, parang yung trailer ng multiverse. Like, it was the whole trailer, right? Whole, whole trailer, right? Yep. I just wish that they just let, like, Peter swing. Do you get what I mean? Like, Just to have that sense of finality for all three of them, technically, um, rather than just looking forward to the next thing. But the next thing I'm very excited about <laughs> I guess. Uh, Lala, I, I, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, multiverse is interesting. We saw a bit of a glimpse of it um, when you know everything was kind of collapsing and the reset was happening. Um, It just shows us that Marvel has an infinite amount of material to pull from, um, to create. Um, and while that is terrifying, I, I mean, as Marvel fans, I'm sure we're all very, very excited for for that type of thing. So, yeah, interesting to see what, you know, knowing that Marvel can pull off bringing these characters in um, from various franchises in a very successful way. I'm I'm very much interested to see how Multiverse of Madness um, will be able to continue that streak. Um, for 
maybe characters that aren't all in the same, you know, not universe, but like just different characters. Who owns the rights, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congrats Pero, to Marvel for doing that. Yep. <laughs> but hindi ba nung magsabi ng something, by the way? Like, Go. pero, sasabihin ko lang siya, pero wala kang sabihin about it. May nag-leak ata ng cast list in the end credits of Multiverse? Yeah, Multiverse and Batman. Ooh. Do I link it to the chat? Sure. Anyway. To the sure. podcast. Yeah. It's gonna be in the description of the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, wow. Like, I'm, I'm surprised that like, I'm surprised that there there are images of this. More than like the list. I haven't checked the whole list. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, super agree all the quality. Like, they have endless... They can have an endless supply of like where to draw from, and that's that's both exciting, but also like is that not like terrifying for them? Oh, yeah, no, like, I was like they can literally waste IP. And yeah, go no, but it, it's great. No, I totally agree. I mean, I just want to add to what you say, man. Coming from like you know working on us on uh one uh, other movies basically, being like ahead of the game is terrifying. Having to dictate like how you know what's what's gonna work. It is absolutely terrifying because if if you if you make a mistake, it's all on you. Every suddenly everyone's staring at you. Just look at them, the the reception of Eternals, right? Like you know, I honestly like this. Obviously, for something another, maybe another podcast. But I thought it was fine. But because it wasn't great, suddenly everyone's on it and everyone's talking about it. So uh, yeah, it, it's really scary for them. But in Kevin Feige, we trust the man seems to know what he's doing. He is literally the watcher of the MCU and he's doing a good job. So, yeah. <laughs> and I think also to add to this discussion, yung, the fact that Spider-Man as a property is very unique in a sense that it's Sony and Marvel Studios working on it and that, you know, with the popularity of uh, Andrew Garfield in this particular movie, parang having a resurgence and the internet, you know, how the internet goes these days with all these um uh parang what do you call those um parang calls for action i guess to studios na it opens up that universe of spider-man back again aside from this marvel cinematic universe and you know that possibility of you know maybe andrew garfield's amazing spider-man story can continue in that le- that aspect of the universe and people will understand Hopefully, na parang you know this is a separate entity than Tom Holland Spider Man, and you know they can play around with that on the Sony Sony Spider Man characters universe, or the I think that's what they call it. Uh, so yon parang it's just really interesting to see how that will play out as well on the Sony side of things, and that's something na I think that's been kind of a question mark in the Morbius yeah. series. Na, oh, God. <laughs> which Spider-Man universe is he actually in? Because there are calls to Vulture, there are calls to Raimi-verse, there's calls to Amazing Spider-Man. So where does he fit in, diba? And, you know, that's not exactly something clear right now. But, you know, with the multiverse, nga, it makes it kind of easier for them to uh, sift to that territory. And I guess... At the end of the, I know, at the end of it, it's really the Venom after credit sequence as well, 
um with Eddie Brock or uh Tom Hardy's uh Venom leaving the symbiote uh, a part of the symbiote in the MCU like who will take the mantle of Venom in this uh universe right yeah, that's yeah. a very exciting prospect as well Maybe I'm also interested to see who the Spider-Man in Venom's universe Yeah, exactly. And they're saying it's it Andrew Garfield, one. right? I hope so. That's what they're saying. And I'm just like, wow, he's just... He I just, was going like, to say... Maybe, yeah, maybe he's like not doing superhero stuff because like he made mistakes and that's why yeah. he's not trying to stop him. Yeah. It's I was just funny because they're both like super kalat mm. and like mm. sabog na yeah. characters. That would be great to see. As an interaction. Si Danny Rojas kasi si Venom in MCU. Oh my God! Football is live! <laughs> <laughs> Danny Rojas! Anyway, so that ends. I guess that kind of ends our Spider-Man No Way Home spoiler spoiler uh, fest. But you know, alam mo yun, this is, this is kind of too short pa nga at this point uh, versus our usual spoiler fest. But that is about the time that we have to discuss the film. Of course, it's an ongoing conversation Uh, especially as we see all these leaks, uh, which I know the people in this room are very happy about right now. And also, you know, the future of the MCU in general as we head to Moon Knight and Doctor Strange in Mom or Multiverse of Madness. But that brings us to our last segment of the show, which is our pop stop or our pop culture recommendations for the week. Uh, Who wants to begin? Paula? first, yeah. So I've I just finished the latest episode of Boba Fett and it was amazing, absolutely amazing. I, I think and we have the finale uh, coming up next week as well. So that's definitely you know another like huge pop culture franchise to continue to look forward to. The Star Wars verse grows ever vastly, and I, I for one couldn't be happier with the direction that um, it's going. Um, I love that it continues the Western genre type that um, Mandalorian has been, has really set. Um, and in such an interesting way, again, we hark on nostalgia to kind of bring us to watch these materials. And um, I'm happy to see that Disney really does justice and really respects the source materials for for the things that they recreate and continue on. Um, But also very quickly, um, the first two episodes of The Gilded Age have released. Um, If you're a Downton Abbey fan, a Julian Fellows fan in general, I think it's something worth watching. Um, The performances of Kristen Baranski is just a sight to behold. Cynthia Nixon and Um, with Meryl Streep's daughter also in the cast, I think it's very interesting to see where where it goes and to see if the show reaches the success that Downton has reached as well. So if you're into that rich problems, but in the past, so we can kind of like not get angry at it, um, it's definitely a good a good show to a good period piece to watch. That's me. Jace. Um, I'm watching right now Attack on Titan. Uh, obviously, everyone knows and loves Attack on Titan. RuPaul's Drag Race season 14. I'd recommend that. Um, I'd recommend, siguro, na mas obscure because not a lot of people probably know it. Um, Whether the weather is fine, one of the MMF films <laughs> it will be, um, be will be released next week via I Want and KTX. Also, I just watched um, Sasan Dance, Leonor Will Never Die. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an amazing film. Like, genuinely, like, one of the 
recent contemporary greats, um, in my opinion. Um, if I'll tell you when, when and where you'll be able to watch it. Pero yun, yun yung top recommendations ko off the top of my head. Also, the new Rina Sa- Sawayama. Yes, uh, with Charlie. Yeah, with Charlie. Yeah. Damn, that's a good track. Yeah. Really, really good stuff from Charlie recently. Yeah, and, super. Yeah, I've, I've, re- I've been hearing good stuff about Leonor Will Never Die. And hopefully we get to tap into that uh, sometime. Uh, Burns? Uh, ano lang? Uh, last weekend, I, got, I was able to watch an exclusive preview of Scream, and now it's out nine oh. cinemas, and it's really it's good. Like Chola can attest it because I know he's already watched it. Now it's a really good requel because it's a remake sequel. It's really fun. Sobrang na enjoy ako. But you know, if you guys like horror, no matter what kind of horror that is, you guys should check it out. Sobrang sobrang fun niya. Everyone is like, ah, like it's, it's just really fun. It's really Nahang, a great love letter to yeah. not just the original scream but the horror genre as it's yeah, become it this to this day and a lot of fun pop culture references <laughs> that i just yeah. really laughed at and you yeah. know i just i was going to recommend scream ngaden and uh i just really really i, I may be biased and ghost face is my <laughs> serial killer bias in the serial killer verse <laughs> 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 But uh, yeah, it's it's really a great uh, requel, as they call it in the movie, yeah. and uh, it's just really so much so so fun, and uh, I just love Scream so much, and uh, just a shout out to Scream Four, which is severely uh, underrated at this point, then <laughs> people should watch that more. But Scream Scream twenty twenty two or Scream Five is really really fun as yeah. well. Yep. And just another thing, not really a recommendation, but something to look forward to. The Philippine women's national football team yes. qualified for the World Cup. Queens. This is such a big deal Historic. for Philippine sports. Talaga. Like, such a big deal. It's such a dream in football history. Talaga. I stayed up until 1 a.m. watching, covering that. Wala, it's such a... No. And so, but uh, tomorrow, or I guess today, when this episode comes up, they'll have a game against uh, Korea. So, wala lang. They're just gonna play for the cup now. But next year, they're gonna be in Australia and New Zealand for the World Cup. And wala, it's something to be really excited about. To the point that I'm thinking, I, I might, I wanna go. Like, I wanna see them play. Because I've seen their games. They're actually, they're really good. Like, you know, so must, in a way, they're more disciplined than the men's team. And I've, I've seen them play. I've compared the two of them. So, yeah, this is really something to be excited about talaga. So, Let's cheer on our, ano, our malditas when they, whenever they take the pitch. Making history as Filipinas should in this, um, in this uh, day and age, right? Um, Dren? Uh, just super quickly, Peacemaker series is really fun. If you like the suicide, Games Against Suicide Squad, you like it. It's insane. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy, but I think there's a lot of heart behind it as well, which I think is James Gunn's specialty uh, at this point. Um, and uh, the only other thing I'd like to recommend is there's this guy I, I recently discovered that yeah, uh, on in the podcasting world. Uh, he was a guest on a podcast I was listening to. His name's Rob Kearney on Instagram. He is his name is World's Strongest Gay because I think he might be the world's strongest gay person, which is incredible. He's one of the easily one of the ten strongest men in the world. Period, and he makes it a point that he wants to be an openly gay athlete because he wants to encourage 
you know, because the, the, like it's it's strange because if you look at MMA, if you look at you know women's sports, I feel like there's a lot of um, openly out uh, female athletes, but it doesn't work that way for men because for whatever reason, you being an athlete is associated with being masculine, so not a lot of people want to come out, which is ridiculous. And um, I love that he is making this stand in a sport that is so hyper masculine. It's literally just lifting things strong, uh, and he he has a you know rainbow mohawk. He has unicorn leggings like he doesn't care he wants people to know that he is out and proud and that he can definitely lift you over his head and throw you if he wanted to so yeah go follow him he's amazing oh jumping on really quickly because this is sports and i forgot to mention it um next week is the start of the beijing winter olympics um and it's it's yeah It's, it's exciting. We have, you know, figure skating, of course, which is what I am personally looking forward to. But we do have one Filipino representative this year. I, again, like any representation for the Philippines in the Winter Olympics, you know, in any winter sports, I think it's really cool. So we have Asa Miller, who is um, an alpine skier. And just I think that's so awesome that she's just there in the first place. So go support our athletes and watch the Winter Olympics because it's really fun. <laughs> And finally, for me, I'm, I, I want to recommend the movie um, The Worst Person in the World. Uh, just really, really good. Thanks, Prince, for um, yes. providing the, prov- the provision. But, um, Why yeah, couldn't you I'm, say that when Jace was here? He, he would have gone wild. I know, right? Umalis na si Jace, sayang. But uh, at the same time, it's just really like a nice slice of life. Na I just It just made me realize, you know, we're all the worst person to ourselves and sometimes to other people, but at the same time, it's okay. And that you don't really know your impact on other people's lives also at the same time. And so, you know, it's just really like a good reflective movie, meditative movie of no matter how kalat you think your life is or your decisions are, it's just really part of life. And it puts it into a really great narrative and also really creative as well in some parts of it na It's not just like straight out, just a narrative movie. Uh, you'll see, uh, you'll see the stylistic choices they made uh, once you do watch that movie. But really good watch, um, especially I feel for people who just feel like you know they're lost in the world. A lot of people, a lot of us are. And uh, I, I just got someone messaging me na parang you know, uh, it's so hard to parang. Uh, make long-lasting friends. I was like, you know, sometimes it's just really a matter of perception and, you know, um, you know how we deal about things. You don't really see the whole picture, but this kind of puts that into perspective and how it's just really so nice and one of my definitely favorite 2021 movies. So that's my recommendation aside from Scream 5 um, and Scream 4, talaga. Um, Ghostface in that movie, Scream 4, is just really the best Ghostface for me. Um, so that is it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us for our Spider-Man Spoiler Fest. Of course, you may listen to all our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream your podcasts. We're here on Radio Katakunan 87.9 FM every week. Thanks so much to the RK fam. And... Uh, We will see you all next time for the next edition of Popcorn as we are four episodes away from our 100th episode of Popcorn as well. So yeah, it's just a great time. So see you guys next time. Thwip, thwip.
And remember, yeah. with great power must also come great responsibility. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Just kidding. Amen. 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 Yes. So yun. Thanks and bye. Bye. Bye.